Welcome to the Lovability Podcast. My name is Jennifer Styers, and I'm here with my sidekick, Brad. We're here to talk love and relationships, sex, marriage, and everything in between. Please make sure to tune in at the end of our podcast. We're going to do our Dear Jen segment, where one of our listeners asks a question, and I answer it for you online. I am here today with Amy Vanderoff. I am so excited. I've known Amy forever. Amy... Uh, Amy, gosh, we could we could roll through your resume, but I'm going to tell you how I met Amy. Uh, I met Amy years ago on Good Morning Texas. She was the host for how many years were you host? Ten years. Ten years. God, I thought it was like 15. You were there forever. You built that show. I mean, you built that morning show. Uh, she's also a former Miss Connecticut. So you, since we're doing a podcast and people can't <laughs> see how beautiful you are, you are beautiful, beautiful. Uh, you know, the best part, I was thinking about you today because I was thinking about our podcast and getting to chat with you. And I was thinking about how incredibly beautiful you are inside. And I don't I, I don't dish that out to everybody because I don't know that everybody's that incredibly beautiful inside. But every time I see you, you have a big smile on your face and you're so incredibly positive. Like, I love being around you. It's, you're, you're absolutely contagious. No wonder you've been so successful in your life. Oh my God, like what? Tommy, did you hear all those amazing things? <laughs> I did. Oh it's true though. I, I mean, can't I can't even breathe after that I just that speak from my heart, you know, that's me, but I'm, I'm thrilled to oh. have you here. Well, the feeling is mutual. The, the love on the Lovability podcast right now is mutual because <laughs> I think the same of you and thank you for that great intro. And yes, we've known each other a long time. Um, and uh, thanks for the Miss Connecticut shout out. It's, it, that's kind of fun, you know, it part, is. that's part of my way past. I've got so many different uh, lives that I've lived, I feel like. And um, Isn't that the truth? That was a, a fun little section of time. It all plays in, though. I mean, it really does. It all plays into the big picture. So here yeah. you are. Uh, here you are, however many years later it is. And, uh, re you know, single recently. Uh, divorced how many years ago? Divorced six years ago. I mean, I was, because this is a relationship podcast, so we're going to talk about relationships. So, yes. I, yeah. I was going to say I was Married for 10 years, and I've been divorced for six years. I did Good Morning Texas for 10 years. So if I've known you, Jen, for 10 years, I'm getting ready to say goodbye. <laughs> you, we have not known each other That's for 10 years. That's my shelf life, I yeah. guess, with things. But yeah, so divorced for six years. Um, That's my shelf life. <laughs> That's not good. We got to talk about that. I know, right? <laughs> Why does everything expire after 10 years? Um, but divorced for six, um, living in Dallas. So you can imagine the dating stories that I have because, you know, I've, I've dated the snot out of this town. So um, it's an interesting town to date in. And I, mm -hmm. I know that all uh, cities have different energies uh, of dating, but Dallas definitely. And I've spoken to other matchmakers that have come here and they've all said this is a very unique city. Uh, we have a lot of pretty people here, right? Yeah. A lot of uh, a lot of millionaires. It's one of the homes of the, of the, the most millionaires. And I will say there's plenty of women that are millionaires here, too. A lot of wealthy women, a lot I am of wealthy men. I'm not one men. of them. Just wanted to disclose that. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> one of these days. One of these days. But uh, but a lot of beautiful women. And so it tends to be a pretty competitive city to date in, would you say? Yes. Competitive. Um, uh, and Dallas sometimes is guilty of being the bigger, better offer city. That pertains not only to dating, but to jobs, to relationships, to friendships, to opportunities, to events. 
So I would say this town will never RSVP because they are, wait, they, there could There's be a better, something bigger else offer Isn't somewhere. Isn't that the truth? Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. that, and that's sad. You know, I run across that in, in dating, in relationships is that people, if they fall into a rut or they get bored, which is why it's so important that women keep men on their toes, uh, but, and, and vice versa. Right. Um, but then they, they're on to the next thing, and the next thing is available to them here. You know, again, here we are as women having this conversation, and it's good. I, I'm kind of glad that my sidekick's not here today to chime in on it because as women, we understand the competitiveness of other women. And I know you don't play that game. I don't play that game, but there are plenty that do. There are plenty of women that do. That don't, It doesn't matter about the girl code or anything like that. Um, that it, it's it, it, there's a lot of competition for men, and uh, I I love that you have old fashioned values, and you come from uh, you come from a place where uh, relationships matter. You build them; they matter to you, whether they're your friendships or your relationship relationships, yep. right? Yeah. Um, and also, I am very self aware, and I'm very interested in self awareness and self growth and being aware of what makes me tick and how I'm wired. You're an old soul. So, and I think you get there through time. Yeah, right. You Through trial and error of what doesn't work in your life. But when you meet people that aren't healed or that aren't interested in self-awareness, that are just trying to like plow through on their own, living in faith or living in fear and not faith perhaps, and, and just not really wanting to look at what they've always done and how they've always got. What's that Dr. Phil saying? If you always do what you always done, you always get what you always got. (laughs) They're not. And so for me, I think what has been super helpful is that I could tell you everything my ex-husband did wrong, but I'm much more interested in the conversation of what did I do? Like what happened? How did it happen? And why won't it happen again? So, so here I am six years divorced in a pretty healthy headspace and very aware of what I need. Uh, much more aware today than I mean, we had had this discussion and it was probably four years ago. Uh, we had had this discussion and what you were looking for, maybe it wasn't four, maybe it was two or three, but, but what you were looking for then is very different from what you're looking for now. And I think that's the one thing people miss along the way is that they go from, like you said, they plow from one to the other, to the other relationships and they don't ever stop to say, what did I learn from that? What right. worked? What didn't work there? Yeah. What is it that I need next time? You know, mm-hmm. where did I go wrong? Where can I go right? Where can I do better here yep. for me? You know, so uh, and and you've done that and through that process. And I can say I've watched you just in bits and pieces mature in that in that. And so now you're really in a good space. Did I think a couple years ago when I met you and talked to you because you were recently single out of a relationship at that point. It was not your marriage, but another relationship. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really feel in my heart and soul that you were really, truly ready to settle down. I think you were more interested in dating and meeting people and kind of it, kind of in that experimental stage of what is it that I want. And now I kind of get that you're there, you know, you're there in that place. It's a great place to be. And I love, here's the one thing that I love. And I, I wish more people considered it. And it's amazing that they don't. You've got a 10-year-old son mm-hmm. and Wyatt, and he is important to you in your search for whoever this guy is. 
Do you know how many women, single women and men, do not consider their children when they're choosing a partner? Like, I don't even know what to say to it's that. It's mind-blowing, isn't That's it? It's mind-blowing. And for me, I have shielded him so much from my dating life. Um, I've not played house with anyone. And so that's always been super important to me. They get attached. Um, Kids get attached. Yeah, they get attached and they don't need to know the play-by-play, right? That's an adult world that they are not even able to understand yet. So they don't need to see that play-by-play. So I've been super particular. Um, And I've broken up with men because I knew they wouldn't be good step-parents. I knew they weren't probably good parents to begin with with their own kids. Right. They just weren't dad types. And so I've definitely made decisions based on him and your screening process is different now yeah for yeah. sure yeah you know, and the thing is I, even though I've been dating for six years I am so not bummed out by the process um it, I'm not a man hater I'm not uh, I you I, couldn't I, hate anybody I, I just don't <laughs> see that at all anyway but go ahead I thank thank you for that um I enjoy the process I don't get bummed out by human nature I find it fascinating even the crazy weird bizarre first dates because I feel like I have so many stories I leave and I'm like wow okay that was interesting or I learned this and this is a great story to tell my girlfriend or whatever but I'm not bummed out by the process I think it's fascinating and I am surprised and I hear this from a lot of guys that they have a lot they date a lot of bitter women they say women are so bitter about dating and I hear that a lot but but even I've heard you tell some kind of crazy stories. They, and they're not horror stories by all means, but but they are situations where you could either laugh about it or be ticked off about it, right? And you laugh about it. You're like, this happened, so hey, you're not the right guy for me, you know? Right. But you laugh about it, and you do have to have humor in this because it is all a process and a journey. It's not necessarily, I mean, I think everything's kind of a stepping stone to what is next. Everything we learn from every relationship, when you finally meet your one, it all comes together and you're like, here's the culmination. I had this and I wanted, and it, that wasn't what I wanted. I wanted this. And you start putting it all together. If you put all your lists of what you wanted and needed after every breakup together, you eventually meet that person and they have everything. If you're clear about it, they have everything. And you'll go, that's why I needed that lesson. And that's why I needed that. Mm -hmm. And that's where we are with you right now. Yep. Everything is time well spent. um, It is. As long as you reflect and do everything that you just said. Yeah. And so for me, it's not a physical list in my head of like, I don't want this. I do want that. It's more of a feeling. um, And I'll, I'll know that feeling when somebody has all of those points that we have a true connection and I, I enjoy the great headspace that I'm in. You know, I've, I've made my own money and bought my own house. and I've moved on. I'm healed financially from my divorce. I've dated. I've gone through therapy. I've spent time by myself. I've gone through all the steps and I didn't skip any. So right now I'm in a good space. So that's going to be that feeling I'm talking about when I meet somebody who is also like, hey, life's not all sunshine and rainbows and it's not all perfect. But man, I've, I've figured out where I am right now. You know. That is an interesting uh, conversation here, and and here's why. Because I think people's feelings sometimes can lead them astray. And I know what you're saying, but I feel like I need to just at least throw some clarity around it, because I think people too often don't take the time to reflect. And writing things down, it matters. It's all about clarity, because sometimes I can have people, I'll have people like clients write down a list of all the things that 
didn't work for them? And based on all the things that didn't, what are all the things that they want? What are all the things that they need? What are all the things that they've learned about themselves? That's that they what we need? did the other day. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we did a little bit of that. But yeah. see that clarity moving forward, that's when you will know. Because what will happen, it's not that the checklist is going to come up, but it, in a sense it will. Like, oh my gosh, they have that stability I'm looking for. Boy, they have that, that I'm using our list, but they have that, that, that strength. It's quiet. It's not overwhelming, but they know how to lead me. And they're, they can be stronger than me, but still support me. And so you kind of, you know exactly what you need. And then you recognize it because you know, right? Not because of a feeling. And here's why it's so important that we don't just go on feeling is because people that go on feeling often go off of chemistry that chemistry attraction, crazy thing mm-hmm. that can lead us astray. Yes. It, it, it puts blinders on people. So all of a sudden they're attracted to somebody and then it doesn't matter what qualities they needed them to have. Exactly. It's out the window. Because, because when <laughs> sex comes in the picture, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> the list is out the window. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think maybe because I've spoken out loud so much, maybe because I spend a lot of time in prayer, maybe because I have the luxury of having first-hand information to your lovability host, Jennifer Styers, that I have been super clear about it. So I feel like I've done that due diligence, but I'll, I'll tell you, you're right. It doesn't matter how many times you write it down. If your pheromones and your hormones and all the owns get together <laughs> with the right people and the right amount of tequila, they collaborate, like, don't wow, they? Wow. <laughs> oh my God. Like, I really do like this type of person, but you don't necessarily. Square peg and a round hole. Doesn't exactly. matter, right? Yep. <laughs> We've no. all been there. Time for grown up love, right? Exactly. No, yeah. that's, that's great. That's oh, great. But I mean, again, I do, again, after having conversations with you, I know where you are and I know the clarity that you have, but I feel like a good majority of the people out there haven't done the work that they need to do. And we need to do it every time we get out of a relationship. There's not anybody. Number one, if you haven't been in a relationship in a while, you keep attracting the wrong people. And we've gone through this too, Amy. You know, you keep attracting the same type of person. You've got a pattern. They're different people, but it's the same pattern. And you have to be able to look at your pattern and go, Okay, that pattern, even though I like it, it's not working for me. Yeah. Right? You want to know my pattern, ladies and gentlemen? Because you we need do. To, you need to reveal to heal. Yes, you do. <laughs> so I'm going to reveal it's to clean. you. It's a clean pattern. It's not a pattern. Bad. Yeah. It's, um, so I found myself when in dating because I have a high profile career and I'm on television. I didn't have in my marriage somebody who was supportive of that. Um, they were very type A. They were very... Um, a leader in their own right, but it was a weird dichotomy where I started, and I won't say dating down, but I'll say I needed to be the stronger, faster, better, smarter one. So I started dating a lot of unhealed men. So instead so, of competing for the limelight, you decided you just were going to take yes, it. Yes, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and to have somebody that I don't like want to I, fight with somebody. Because how controlling of yeah. me, right? How controlling no. of me to be with somebody where I am the decision maker, I'm the stronger, faster, more healed, better one in that scenario. But you didn't so want to I fight anymore and compete anymore. So it wasn't yeah. about your ego. Yes. Thank it you was, for saying It that. wasn't it, but thank it wasn't. You. Yeah, yeah. No, it okay, wasn't. So go ahead. It wasn't. It was a, um, a self-preservation kind of thing. Right. I always say, and this is the picture I can paint for you, um, who, who you're listening to this podcast. When I was married, instead of having two people in the bunker with their guns pointed out at the world, I had someone in the bunker who had their gun pointed at me. Yes. 
And that's the best visual I can say that relationship didn't work because of that. And I will own my own part of that. But moving forward, I have this visual of two people in something together with their guns pointed out at the world, meaning we're, we're in this together and, and I have your back. And so I thought I had to date a certain type of person to get that. And that person wasn't always a good fit. And I'll fast forward to the end of the story. I've broken up but with I think every boyfriend. So. Right. But I think it's important to say that you went with the opposite, which a lot of people yeah. do. Mm-hmm. So if they had somebody really strong, they went with somebody weak. If they had somebody yeah. weak, they went with somebody strong. So you did exactly what the norm does. Yes. You went with your opposite. I went with very passive men. Right. Yes. Right. And that didn't work either. That did not work. <laughs> I'll fast forward to that end. And that didn't work either. So, but again, more interesting to me to say, I, I'm so aware of like, okay, this is how this person was wired and why it didn't work for me. And this is how, what I thought would be better, but that's not really the answer either. I always say you got to fix your here before you get there, right. right? So I got very interested in fixing my here and then I would know. It's also identifying what that, what that centered ground is. So, you know, this didn't work on one end, this didn't work on that end. So what would that balance look like? So if he's not a type A, you know, control freak, and he's not a passive person, um, but he's active and he's in a partnership with you, what does that energy look and feel like for you? And, you know, understanding we've gone through this, but we have, we've gone through the process, you know, what would that look like for you? How would that feel for you when you're home with them and you're parenting with them? And how would that feel when you're out at a party with them? What would that look like and feel like? And what would they say and do? Because you've got to roll through the process in your head to understand it. So when you see it and you have it, you can identify it. Oh, I like that. So kind of visualizing what what that would look like on a day-to-day basis, whether it's in the minutia of parenting and making dinner and being with yes. kids and dealing with homework and things like that. And then also vacationing together and doing things that were solo. That's, that's a really good exercise for everyone to do is really actively role play yeah. it in your head. Well, it's like, it would be like this when you're writing out your ideal person list, it would be, who are they? What's their personality? Like, how do they treat me? What are the things they do for me uh, in the relationship that, that make me feel loved? What kind of things do we do together? What, you know, just really identifying the energy of that person, because when that energy shows up, not the feeling, Mm -hmm. but that energy shows up, you'll know it because you've already identified it. Here's that guy that knew knows what I do, but is able to have a conversation with me and interact with me, and he understands where I'm coming from. Here's a man that just gave me kudos, so he's supportive of me. Do you see what I'm saying? Right, so yeah. it's like you identify these characteristics and this energy, and that's really what it's about. And when it comes down to it, and we all know this after being in relationships and marriages, it's not about the you know, moments when you're out at a party or just isolated incidents. It's about that everyday life. You've got to find a partner that you can be at home with and cook dinner with yep. and, you know, uh, raise children with. And do you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, what is every single day like? Does he like, is he a couch potato and he likes to sit on the couch and you're a go, go, go person? Guess what? That didn't work. That does not, it's okay to have different interests. But if ultimately you guys are like fundamentally that different, it's not going to work. Yep. It's not going to work. Right. This is such good advice. You are really good at what you do. (laughs) (laughs) This is really good. Starting. I mean, the thing that I'm hanging on, the, the million dollar tip that's resonating so much with me is to visualize 
how that person is in your life, like what kind of experiences that you want, because you can't just do one or the other. You can't just do like, oh, I want to travel with somebody. I want someone to go here with me. I want to do that. It's not you, the list. It's and yeah, yeah, it's it's you. It has to be the every single day of how they interact with my family, with my work, with my friends, with how I'm wired and my interests. And yep. so you, how he supports me yep. or she supports me or whatever that is. Yeah. I like that. Because it is a synergy. And that, you know, I think people miss out on this one thing too. We all want excitement and chemistry and all those things. But that person also needs to be your best friend. You know, that person you're 100% safe with. You know, you come yep. home and you can, you're safe. Yep. You can take the you can take off whatever mask you had to put on that day for whatever it was. And that's your safe place, Yep. you know? And so that's why partnerships are so important and finding the right person is so important. I'm glad you're not in a hurry. I, you know, I always said like, I've been divorced six years. So the one thing I'm super proud of, um, and I'm sure that studies demonstrate this and you can tell me I th- when people get divorced are usually married within the first two years for creatures of habit. And I always say we escape Alcatraz and then we swim back. Like what's wrong with us? We just want to be partnered again. Where's the time for healing and growth and learning. But I'm proud of my six year racing stripes, right? I'm proud that I have gone through so many steps in my life personally and professionally to do the homework. And that's the only reason where I'm at the point now to say I'm super clear about what I bring to someone else's life and what I need for them to bring to mine. I, I appreciate the conversation because I think there's a lot of people out there looking and people do tend to bounce from relationship to relationship. Uh, and, and there's that whole energy of desperation where people may have been single for a long time and they really desperately want somebody in their life. Oh, I've gone through desperate dating in my six years for sure. <laughs> I don't want to be alone. It's Christmas. <laughs> I've made some bad decisions based on feeling, based on emotion, based on, you know, I was a stage five clinger at some point in my life. That's I'm sure so to some funny. guys. <laughs> you know, I, th- I think the thing people need to know and understand more than anything is that it's that point when you get to that point where you're completely at peace and okay with being by yourself. Even if you have to say, it's okay if I'm here for the rest of my life, as long as I'm happy, as long as I'm not, I mean, and we, people that want a partnership are never going to say, well, I'm never going to be happy without a partnership. I desire that, but I am happy with me. I love myself. I'm not, I'm not willing to settle just to be with somebody, right? I know what I'm looking for. If God sends them, great. If not, if it's not in the cards, then it's not, then I'm just going to love myself and take care of myself the way that. I need to be. I like that. Right. And I feel that I, I say all the time and my friends who know me the most and are closest to me say, I've never seen someone more in God's favor. And when I have God winks, as I call them, I listen. He has shown up in my life in unexpected places and led me out of that last relationship. That was a necessary ending and use the most unconventional ways to kind of give me these God winks. And I listened. And when I do, and I lead in faith, I am rewarded bountifully. So it's, and that's why I'm in a good place. That's why I say to God, you know, dear heavenly father, (laughs) I have figured out how to navigate this world on my own now. Thank you so much. However, I no longer want to. So let's just be clear on that message. God, thank you for giving me the ability to do as I do and, and, and live this fruitful life. But I, yeah, I, I will welcome that person when they are here. Yeah, no, you, uh, you certainly have been blessed in your life and lots of opportunity. Um, 
uh, he's opened doors, but you have two. You're, you're, you are uh, one, uh, gosh, I don't even know how to describe it. You're so organized. Um, you're so organized and so motivated. I don't know where you got that from. Uh, I don't know if either one, are either one of your parents entrepreneurs or anything? No. You just have this spirit where you, if you want something, you just go make it happen. There's no fear. There's no fear. You have no fear. Yeah. That's a beautiful thing. That's a great, it's a great way to be wired. Uh, and so I recognize that. So thank you for saying that. And you're right. I have the way that I am wired and the way that I am positive, like you so generously mentioned that, you know, I, I have gratitude every single day. I'm in a really grateful space and I've always just been super motivated. I knew that I had this, these giftings to use and, um, and I get to every day, which is awesome. So um, here's what I get to do. So in a few weeks, we're doing uh, a party. Uh, we're throwing a party and we really wanted to do it for fun. Number one. Uh, we both have podcast number two. Uh, the third thing is, is we also wanted to set you up. <laughs> yes. We also wanted, we thought for fun that we would just uh, uh, match make you and Mama D since you're both single, right? Yes. Uh-huh. So uh, we have a little podcast, me, Deandra Simmons and Mama D. You might know those names from Real Housewives of Dallas. We do a podcast called I Don't Give a Rip. And so I Don't Give a Rip and Lovability decided to team up. Since Mama D is a widow and she's 78, she wants to date and she's so look, beautiful. She's amazing and she needs some bachelors. And of course, I am single. And, you know, Jen being the smart entrepreneur that she is, we teamed up <laughs> and decided to do um, a, a singles event. And that's coming up on November 7th. November 7th. Yeah, it's just a little happy hour from 630 to 8. I've thrown these before. Uh, we always have amazing, amazing singles, both men and women there. Uh, I do throw great singles parties, but we're doing the match game. Uh, so uh, one of the fun parts about this is that I get to match you up. Um, I get to pick three bachelors for you and three bachelors for Mama D. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and, and playfully do it, right? Uh, playfully have some fun. And Deandra is going to be the uh, the MC, the hostess for that. Yeah, That's going to be a hoot. Which will be perfect because if anybody knows Deandra, her, um, her wit and comedic skills are like this sneak attack. She's got such a mouth on her. And obviously she has had a front row seat to my life for a while as a close friend. And she knows her mama pretty well too. So along with you being the angel who is uh, tying this up in a pretty bow as the love expert. I think it's going to be super fun for those in attendance because there's, you're not only watching this fun dating game happening on stage, but you're also participating in the audience with other singles. Do you know what questions you're going to ask the boys yet? Uh, yeah. Or the men, I should Ooh. say, we don't want to introduce you to boys. That would be bad. <laughs> <laughs> no boys. <laughs> no boys. Um, you guys I, have got to start coming up with your questions. I don't know. I feel like I feel like Deandra is going to tell me what I should ask, but, um, Oh da yeah, no, no, you got to, you have to, you and, uh, D need to come up with your own questions for these guys, okay. because at the end of the day, we still want them to be suited for you. That's right. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's entertainment purposes, but it's actually real. We're going to go on a date yeah. with the person that we pick. So, um, I have to, I have to do my homework obviously, and, uh, write, write some questions about what I think might be good. Um, I'm, I'm nervous, you know, as as we get closer, it's going to be great. And, uh, we're going to depend on you guys, the audience to come out and, you know, help us along with this process because, you know, yeah, I need and the, the advice of other singles. You know, the cool part about doing these, cause I did this at my launch party for lovability and, uh, 
And we we had three bachelors up there. We had a blast. They all, every single one of the guys on the panel had as much fun, right, Tommy? Uh, Tommy was there. Um, the guys had just as much fun, wouldn't you say? Oh yeah, everyone had fun there. Yeah, yeah. What kind of questions did the girls ask? Do you remember? It was just one girl. A oh, one girl and then three guys. Yeah, just questions. I think she asked things like on a first date, like where would you take me? Why would you? You know, what would your idea of a first best first date be? Okay. Uh, things like that, just to kind of gauge. I can help you with the questions. I'm but just need to help, kind of clearly. gauge and make sure that the guys, like you, would kind of want to make sure the guys for you, right? <laughs> yeah, ideally. So, so my yeah. bachelorette at my party, uh, all her friends were there and they chose the guy that she chose. So they were so happy that he, oh. she chose him. Okay. Um, so anyway, but, uh, but the point is, is that there's going to be a whole, whole restaurant full of single people and people, Amy always complain. So let's just say none of those three bachelors were for you or for Mama D. Uh, there's going to be a whole restaurant full of amazing singles for everybody to meet. It is going to be a free-for-all, people. Are you hearing what we're saying? It's going to be booze and food and single people in the same room. So this, it's going to be so fun just to have the conversation started, being uh, on stage and picking these, you know, bachelors. But then also just to come out, everybody always asks, you know, where are the good single people hanging out um, on a Thursday night? Well, November 7th, we can guarantee you they're going to be hanging out at Coal Vines in Addison. Yeah, you know, the, that is tough. I People are always complaining uh, I just did a video yesterday. It was always like, where do you find the good single people? And I can't find them online. I'm sick of this. I'm sick of the games. And we're all the good people. Well, they're at my parties. That's where they are. So, uh, and people know to come to my parties to meet people. Yep. And the age groups, 30, 40, 50, 60. I mean, it's a it's a very broad range. Mama D's 78. So there you go. It's all ages. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we... We'll end up, Deandra will end up going and grabbing somebody from the, from like a party attendee. She's going to end up coming, like grabbing, throwing somebody else on the panel. Don't you think? There will be some unexpected surprise and delights with Deandra involved. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. And if they're too young, see Mama D gets attention from younger men. Now, when we say younger, we're talking decades younger, right? And so Deandra does not approve of that. So that's going to be the interesting twist. I do think that's important. You know, I don't approve of it either, to be honest. I think, you know, I get with, uh, you know, Mama's D, Mama D's energy that she wants somebody that can that has the, her energy level and can keep up with her. But at the same time, there are generational things that you're going to miss if you're not staying within your age range uh, of some, you know, with some sort. And it's just creepy. Like if you do, even... Even uh, guys that are in their 50s that date these women in their 20s, you know, these women in their 20s are like, God, these guys are like my parents' age. That's creepy. <laughs> it's creepy. Right? It's creepy. I know. I do a Dear Jen segment, and somebody asked that question. They're like, I get hit on by older guys, and they're always my dad's, mom's and dad's age. Like, that's creepy. But but so I respect Deandra's wanting to, her mom to you know, yeah. to date somebody within her age sure. range and yeah. stuff. And you like older guys, which is so funny. I know. I kept, Well, Mama D and I had this running joke because I do like older men. And I said, well, I'll date the dad and you can have the son. <laughs> Gross. I see no problem <laughs> in this. But however, see, that's the pheromones and the hormones and the wants and desires. That's the other list, right? So, but when you have a child in play, it is really important that I'm with someone who is a dad and is focused on parenting and is still parenting, right? So I think... That's the twist. I think it's important to have somebody even and I even if you don't have a child right now, maybe your child's older. The biggest messaging is someone that really enjoyed being a parent 
and is good at it. And there's a space in their heart for kids because believe it or not, and some of this might be you listening, there's people that just aren't good with kids and don't like kids, even if they have their own. So maybe even they're just like, or if they've had grown kids, like you look at these older guys, and let's just say you like a guy that's 53, 54, he may have raised his children Mm -hmm. and he doesn't have anything left in him. Right. You know, for a 10 year old. I'm sure you run into that. Sure. We have. I mean, I've certainly run into it. Yeah. There's some guys that won't even date women that have children under the age of 16. You've said that. Yeah. That's a, that's a thing. Yeah. Women too. Same thing. Yeah. I guess that's true because think about it when Wyatt's older, I wouldn't want to be with someone who had like a two year old. How cool would it be for you to find somebody within your, you know, Five years of your age range that had somebody that had a child that was close to your son's. I mean, age. that's an ideal blessing because he's an only child and he loves, um, you know, family so much and always wants family around. And we're not from Dallas, so we are kind of on this island by ourselves here. So yeah, for sure. How great would family. that be? So instead of putting, I mean, I know so many people are so afraid of putting something in a box, like in wanting just that, but why not want it? Why not say that would be the bonus? Because I feel like if you're going to put it out there, put it all out there. If that would be an ideal situation, put it out there. You know, God hears our prayers. He knows exactly what we want. I believe that wholeheartedly. You know, there is somebody out there exactly suited for you and your situation. And if you really, really want that in your heart and you really, really want that for your son, just put it out there. All right. And you just put it out there there to me, too. So we've just added to the criteria (laughs) now. So people can still apply, if you will, to be one of the bachelors, right? Yes, absolutely. Because we're choosing three. I will not know you. Um, I could boot somebody. I could meet if somebody came in late the game and I'd already chosen your three. I might boot somebody for them if they I think they're perfect. Or I might just keep them on the back burner and introduce you privately. So it's okay Uh if you, you know, are listening and you think you might be a match for Amy, uh, please contact me, uh, matchmaker at lovegen.com, two N's. uh, That's my email. uh, And, you know, and introduce yourself. Tell me who you are and, um, you know, and why you want to meet Amy. And I will, I will make that intro. I mean, I will, I will have that interview, I should say. Oh, you're going to interview. I'm, oh, you bet I'm going to interview. It's I'm a matchmaker. Exciting. I'm picky. I'm pickier than you are. So my job is to be better at choosing than you are. So I interview my clients. I hear what they want. I hear what they tell me they want. And then I go find them what they need. Oh, oh. right. Yes. How human nature is that? So this is what we do, ladies. This is where the hormones come in and everything else I talked about before. We write down, I need this, I this, and I this, and it has to have this and this and this. And then we go and choose that. It's like, well, right. where did that come from? Because that is not even on your list. And I can't tell you how many times I have told women or men, I know what you said you wanted. I have your list. We've talked. I want you to go on the date. Just do it for me. Do you trust me? Yes, I trust you. Okay, go on this date. And then they end up dating or marrying that person. <gasps> so, Goosebumps. and it happens a lot because that is... That is what my job is. You're I'm like supposed a to know better. Godmother. Yeah. <laughs> you really are. You have to wear wings that night to the party on November 6th. Oh, that'd be fun. Yeah. <laughs> that'd be really good. Really good. Okay. So, uh, so I appreciate the honest conversation. I think, you know, if anything, we didn't plan anything with our conversation today, no. which I mean, why? But I feel like uh, you are a great role model, especially for women out there that are in the same frustrating space that you are. You're not frustrated about it. Maybe they are, but it's a frustrating space. 
to want something, to not have it. It's not, has not been available to you or shown to you yet, but you've shown that you have to have faith, mm-hmm. have faith that it's coming, have faith that, you know, it's in God's time, not your time. Uh, and um, just love your life and gather as much information as possible and enjoy the process for goodness sakes. Yeah. Because right. I think so many people despise it. And every time somebody ghosts them or does whatever, they get bitter instead of better. Oh, <gasps> oh that just happened. <laughs> Tweet that immediately. Tom. Tweet it. <laughs> that don't get bitter, get better. That's right. You know, and I've had I've had amazing dates where they're like hearts in their eyes skipping away from my doorstep and I never hear from them again. You don't know what's happening in someone's path that has nothing to do with you. Isn't that the truth? We, can, we have to go. And I always tell people when they go out on dates, Here's, here's my million dollar tip. You cannot be attached to the outcome. Absolutely. You cannot be picturing your lives aligned before you even People go on People are marrying this person. I can't marry them because of this, this, or that. <laughs> exactly. It's crazy. You've got to bless. Meet a friend. And, yes, bless and release every time. Have the moment. Bless it and release it. And then if there's a second date, you keep going. You learn. You gather information. But if you're too attached to the outcome, you're not going to enjoy what the process and what's happening right now. Yeah. And we always have to remember that we're not the ones in control. If it is God's will, it's going to happen regardless of what we want or don't want. It's going to happen. Amen. So you just kind of t- step back and let the energy of whatever is supposed to happen, happen. Right. Yep. I love it. What a great conversation. This I love it. Great. I'm so glad I was here <laughs> on the Lovability Podcast. Me too. We're going to have fun in a few weeks. So come and see us. Okay. Well, thanks for being here. Thanks, Jen. Hello and welcome to our Dear Jen segment today. I have another question from a guy and I love this question because it's so relevant again to so much uh, that is in the dating world. Uh, So he had uh, reached out to me. um, I had posted something on my Facebook page about uh, women and safety that a good man will always make you feel safe and that's what women are searching for in a partner Uh, ultimately it's what every woman needs. It doesn't matter who the woman is. Every woman ultimately is, is searching for a man that makes her feel safe. And so his comment was relevant. His question, he said, then why do women repeatedly find men who are threateningly attractive and choose to begin and maintain relationships with such men, both repeatedly and over extended periods of time? So why do women choose the bad boys over the good guys and the healthy relationship and a man that can actually make them feel safe? Uh, the answer is pretty clear and simple. And that is that, uh, women that came from, uh, dysfunctional, broken homes. Uh, And that dysfunction comes in many levels. It can be minute um, to extreme. So abandonment issues, abuse, neglect, um, all of the uh, uh, abandonment, yeah, I said abandonment, Um, all of those things come into play with this. Uh, But women that didn't have good relations with with their father, uh, fathers that didn't make their daughters feel safe, uh, that those women don't know what safety is. They don't know what it feels like. Uh, so a healthy woman that had a healthy relationship with her father and uh, her father kept her safe um, at, uh, at all costs um, and did what it took to, uh, to show that daughter um, you know, what uh, a good man was, 
those women's standards are super, super, super high, which is great. It's not a bad thing. Uh, those women's standards are super high, and they tend to find that a challenge to find somebody as good as dad. But the ones that didn't tend to go for the jerks, and they wonder why men are jerks, but it's their own pattern repeating itself. So they're ultimately searching for safety. They're searching for secure uh, you know, somebody who is going to, um, going to be that, that security for them in their life, not financial security, but emotional security. But if we don't know what we're looking for, then how do we find it? Because of the energy of everything that else that we know, um, whether that be chaos, whether that be abandonment again, um, or, uh, whatever, again, the dysfunction was in childhood, that's the pattern that tends to repeat itself with women. It's why I always tell men, you know, to ask a woman her relationship with her father, because it can tell you a lot about their mental state. And if they didn't have a good relationship, what have they done to repair it? Um, because if they haven't done anything, then they're probably not going to be choosing, uh, good, healthy men because they don't know what it is. It's like somebody said this many years ago, and I love it. If you never had chocolate, how would you describe the taste of chocolate? If you've never had a healthy relationship, how would you be able to describe what you're looking for? So uh, the answer to that, ladies, if that's you, that continually finds the bad boy, the wrong man, the man you can't trust, depend on, all of that, this means you need to heal yourself. You need to figure out exactly what it is that you have been finding, what you don't like, what you don't want. And, and then from that don't want list, identify what you do want. What would a healthy relationship feel like? What would it feel like to be safe? What would that equate to in a healthy relationship? So if you've had, you maybe you found men that played you and abandoned you and cheated on you. What would the opposite be if that you want, which you want a man that's loyal, you want a man that's dependable, you want a man that uh, makes you a priority, you want a man that is honest. Follow me. So you have to have that list and you have to, you have to live by that list because your, your pattern, your default pattern is to go to the uncomfortable feeling that you know, which is chaos, uncertainty, all of the stuff that that guy makes you feel, the bad guy. Uh, so you've got to go for healthy. So uh, to you guys, the nice guys out there that are like, why is she with the jerk? Well, that's why she's with the jerk. And nothing you can do to change can change that, but she can change that if she recognizes it. So ladies, if you're listening and that's you and you keep it, you keep finding these guys that are unhealthy and jerks and players and cheaters. Um, this starts with you. Uh, it's, it's not about who you're searching for. It is about changing who you are and who, what you're attracting and what you need and standing by that. And that will change the pattern of what is attracted into your life. I can promise you. So if you have enjoyed this, uh, segment, please send me your questions. Uh, dear Jen at love Jen, uh, J E N N com and we will do our best to answer it. So thanks for listening. This is Jennifer. Thanks for listening today. And please subscribe to the podcast. Every single week, we'll have new information. And if you'd like to find out more information, or if you have any questions, please go to my website at lovegen.com. Or you can find me on Facebook at my personal page, Jennifer Styers.